I believe that there has been a crazy attack all week long on the people of God uh, simply because of the message that's going forth today. And the reason why I say that is because many of you understand that I write my sermons, the Lord allows me to write my sermons about four in the morning. So uh, every now and again, I get a head start on a Thursday or something like that, but for the most part, they're four in the morning, amen? And so I had in mind all week what I was going to talk about because, you know, this is Dress for Success, and we were going to get into uh, some of the, um, what can I, how can I say it? We were going to get into some of the, the clothing or the armor of God, amen? And so that's how I started out for, uh, in my mind, for part two. Well, you remember in Philippians chapter two, verse number five, uh, Paul says, uh, to let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. And that was ran back to me this morning. In other words, the Holy Spirit was saying, Stephen, we really don't care what you had on your mind. This is what's come from the boardroom of heaven. Amen. So last week we started our first sermons uh, series of the new year entitled Dress for Success. And the reason that it's called dress instead of dressed is because many claim to follow Jesus are not dressed for success and it's time that the body changes its clothes. In fact, I will go so far as to say that if you are going to have any success in the Christian walk, you are going to have to change, you're going to have to change your clothes, but not just your clothes, you're going to have to first change your mind. In fact, let me put it like this. Once you begin to renew or change your mind, as we are commanded to do in the book of Romans chapter 12 and 2, we will automatically begin to renew our wardrobe. Amen. And again, as I talked about last week, there are many, there may be some of you in here thinking to yourselves, what's the big idea about what I've got on? What's the need for this, for this so-called armor of God? The big deal about the armor of God is that as Christians, we are in a war. Now, if you ain't saved, you ain't in no war. You're just being done in. You, because he's still the enemy, whether you're being saved or not. You understand what I'm saying to you? So, so as Christians, we are in a war. And the moment you gave your life to Jesus, you picked a side in the war. And, and when you did not, uh, uh, and, and, and when you did that, you let the army that we are at war against know, I am no longer with you. And, and, and as a result of that decision, the, the, the enemy has waged war against you, unlike any type of war that you've ever seen. Now notice, now notice that I said, when you accept Jesus as your Lord, you let the enemy know you are no longer with him. See, see, what most people don't understand is that if you're not with God, then there is only one other army you can be in. And before you got saved, whether you liked the fact or not, you were in another army. It doesn't matter how nice of deeds you done. It doesn't matter how you fed the homeless. and It doesn't matter, you know, that you confessed. Uh, it doesn't matter that when you... You pulled up on the corner, you, you gave two of your $200 to somebody that was out there with a sign in their hand saying, anything will, anything will do. I need you to understand that unless you have confessed Jesus with your mouth and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you ain't saved. And you're in another, you're in another army. Amen. There are two armies in the spiritual realm, and they are both governed by two different kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Two different armies governed by the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And since there are two kingdoms, there is also two different armies. Oh, Lord. 
since there are two kingdoms, I want you to catch this. Now, let me go ahead and just tell you why the switch. Let me tell you why the switch from hyping you up to teaching you. See, because cute won't help you. Amen? Being cute ain't going to help you. Anybody ever been in a fight? Anybody in here think they're cute? I'm serious. I mean, don't, you, don't, you, don't wake up going, you don't wake up in the morning going, I'm just so ugly. But, but, but one thing you have never done was got in a fight and cute brought you out. Huh? You didn't cute your way through the fight. The only way that you was able to survive the fight was that you had a skill set when it came to hand-to-hand combat. You understand what I'm saying to you? Well, well, if, if you ain't supposed to be cute in a natural fight, you're just trying to win by any means necessary, then what gives you the impression that you come to church and all of a sudden you got to be cute? That after you get saved, you need to be cute. Cute's not going to help you in this war. Flashy sayings and slick Facebook posts ain't going to help you in this war. If you don't know the word of God, you are going to lose. Amen. And it don't matter if you click up because <laughs> this is an individual walk. You understand what I'm saying to you? Lord, have mercy. So I want you to understand, unless you have confessed Jesus with your mouth and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are not saved. You are in another army. And, 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 and there are two armies in the spiritual realm, and they are both governed by two different kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And since there are two kingdoms, there is also two different armies, the army of the Lord and the army of the enemy, the devil. And in this war, you are going to have to know where your strength comes from. And it doesn't come from catchy posts and on Facebook and, uh, you know, or that you, you share from somebody else's social media page. Your strength does not come from playing church music 24-7. Oh, Lord, I just divided the room. I mean, I listen to church music every day. So? Huh? I watch ESPN every day. That don't make me an athlete. Your strength comes from being in God's word, from being in prayer, and as well as his presence. Now, I want to deal with that because you can be in prayer and not be in his presence. <laughs> see, 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 uh, what, what we've done is we've, we've watered down prayer. We've dummied down the power of prayer uh, because we've actually changed prayer uh, from, I'm going to call it my ghetto Greek theology, and call it to begging. Because we usually go into prayer asking for something. We usually go into prayer begging for something. In fact, it's in prayer that we show God that we really don't have a whole lot of faith in him because we continuously cry out about the same thing. God, I need you to do this. And God, I need you to do that. And God, So there is a difference from begging, oh Lord, which some call prayer, and in his presence. Can I just go ahead and say this? Every time Every time you take the formation of prayer, you should enter into his presence. Why hasn't this thing been working out for me? Because you've really not been in the presence. Why does the enemy have such easy access to me? Because you've really not been in his presence. Satan, I want you to catch this. Satan does not fear how much you go to church. He does not fear how much you sing on the praise team. He does not fear any of your titles. All he is concerned with, all that he fears, all he's watching for is, do you get in his presence? Satan does not continuously try the one that stays in his presence. Because he can never win. He can never win. Now, here's the, the oxymoron of this whole thing is that we come to church, we get the answers in church, but don't use the answers from church. We know that we, we use the answers from the world and still trying to figure out why we ain't doing better. I mean, I go to church. That's not the church. It's God. It's Jesus. I want you to hear this. This is so very important. Until you cultivate a relationship 
with Jesus. You'll just be coming to church. And you cannot, uh, we were talking on the men's thread about seven months ago, and, and I said, everybody keeps on worrying about uh, sinning. Stop sinning, stop sinning. Don't worry about stop sinning. Just start pursuing. See, because see, uh, if you try to stop sinning, well, you ain't never been able to do that. Hmm? But, 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 but the way that you can make sure that you never sin again is by constant pursuit of God. You get it? See, I can't be trying to pursue God pursuing sin. I, I can't be trying to pursue God dealing with the things that I deal with that I know is not of God. So, so, so the object is not to stop sinning. The object is to pursue God. Somebody say pursue God. Pursue God. Lord, have mercy. If you don't pursue God, watch this, you pursue everything else. If you don't pursue God, you'll pursue everything else. All right. Last week, we ended the sermon still dealing with verse number 12. And I just want to deal with, well, I thought I was just going to deal with that for a second. Um, but we're going to deal with that today. Amen. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12 in the New Living Translation. And again, our sermon series for the month of January is Dress for Success. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse number 12, New Living Translation, it says, For we are not fighting against what? Flesh and blood enemies. Now, just stop right there. Now, think about all your haters. Think about all your haters. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. This is deep. This is deep. See, see, you keep seeing the wrong people as the enemy. We, we don't have flesh and blood enemies. I mean, well, we do, but they, aren't, but they are only the byproduct of a demonic ruler. They are the fruit, but not the root. And, 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 and they are the fruit of an unseen world that have mighty powers... But get this, oh, Lord, have mercy. They don't really have power. You just gave them permission. Amen? So Satan can't destroy you if you don't bite, if you don't give in, if you don't give him permission. But the moment that you give him permission, the moment that you do, he does everything with that permission to destroy you. Oh, Lord. But one of the enemy's greatest moves against us is to have us warring against the root and not necessarily the fruit. See, some of y'all think you got haters, and, and I don't doubt that you do. I have them. But, but as I was telling someone dear to me yesterday, your, your haters are not just your haters because they hate you. Your haters are your haters because of what's been assigned to you. And this is a kingdom purpose, and what's been assigned to you is a kingdom purpose, which, if handled correctly, will ultimately walk you into your kingdom destiny. So I want you to understand the hate that's being attributed towards you is not because of you. It's, it's, it's the purpose. It's the kingdom purpose that you hold. It's the kingdom destiny that you hold. I often ask people two questions. One, uh, uh, why has not God allowed the enemy and all of his tries to kill you? Why, 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 what, first of all, the first question is rather, uh, what is it about your destiny, your purpose that Satan's seen that he is, he has been from day one determined to kill you? The second question is, uh, but why ain't God let him? I mean, truth be told, some people OD'd on way less heroin than some of the people that we've buried in the sanctuary. Amen that we've eulogized in the sanctuary. So some, some, some of the people have, have smoked way more dope than some of the people sitting in this room have smoked way more dope than some of the people that we have eulogized in this church. Uh, some people in here got more bullet holes in their body than some of the people that, that got shot down in the street and didn't, I mean, shouldn't have even been that serious. But the, so the question becomes, why hasn't, why hasn't God allowed Satan to kill you? Hmm. See, 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 your haters, they've been assigned to you, 
because of your purpose, which will ultimately walk you into your destiny. Oh, God. And once you begin to understand that right there, see, listen. And so when you begin to think about the purpose, it really ain't you because it's God's purpose. And when you begin to think about the destiny, it really ain't you because it's God's destiny. So for real, for real, it really ain't about you. You just get to be used in the process of God proving the enemy wrong. Oh, Lord. I mean, the enemy knows what it is that God has for you and what he has for you to do. And so from the very beginning of your life, he has waged war upon war upon war against you in various ways in hopes of destroying you. And I think it's very interesting to point out that in Genesis chapter 3, when the serpent appears on the scene to be used by Satan, the, the, the Bible describes him like this. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. Now, here is a problem. Many of us read that and we made the serpent the devil. <laughs> Y'all trying to act like, not me, yes you, you know you did. You... We made him the devil. But, but, but it says this. Listen to the Amplified Version. It states it like this, which I believe is most appropriate for this series and, and the point I want to make. It says in the Amplified, now the serpent was more crafty, subtle, skilled in deceit than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. Do you see that? He was more skilled in deceit. I read something uh, that said deceit is, watch this, purposeful falsehood. Deceit is purposeful falsehood. In in other words, they show up to play you. They show up to do you wrong. And this is why you can't be so quick to let everybody in your circle because there's going to be some people to walk in your life with nothing but the intention and the agenda of doing you wrong, doing you foul. You understand what I'm saying to you? And, and this is why you got to, you know, I mean, come on. Jesus walked with him for three years before he says, okay, now you're no longer my servants. Now you're my friends. Why and how do we make friends in two months? People get upset with me all the time when I say this, buddy. I say, you know, I love you, but I ain't everybody's friend in here. I'm your pastor. I ain't everybody's friend because I haven't been through something with everybody in here. See, 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 for me to call you friend, we got to have went through some things. You understand what I'm saying to you? And, and, and watch this. And, and all my friends, uh, uh, I, I'm watching some of my friends come in from the world. Amen. But all my friends ain't holy. But I know what they'll do. I know they'll be there. You understand what I'm saying to you? Now, so since he tells me to come out from what ain't holy, watch this. And I love them. Now I'm on the mission of getting them holy. So, 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 so ain't none of my friends speaking to me right now. Amen. Because I got a whole text of Jesus. That's all we talk about, Jesus. I don't want to have to cut you off. We've been friends for 20 years, but I will now. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> why, why, why do I do that? Because the Bible tells me it don't make no never mind how cool y'all was. It don't make no never mind what you've been through. If they are unclean, you can't get down with them. So now that doubles you down on these people that you call friends and these people that you say that you love and these people that's been in your life for so long, right? It makes you double down on what? Your witness. Now you ain't going to sit back and talk about what such and such did at the club and they just, and you really, you know, you, not only are you gossiping, you're really just trying, you're just really trying to feel, you know, the club because you can't go no more because you in church and you be talking scripture and you know you ain't, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But, but the reality is you can't talk about that no more. Now you got to go home because you know now and you got to say, let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about you coming to church with me next week. Let's talk about, let's, let, what, what, what version Bible do you read? Why, why is it that you stay away from the Bible? Let me teach you the word of God. I don't want to die and go to heaven knowing that you're going to die and go to hell. You understand what I'm saying to you? But I don't make everybody my friend. Just because you come to church don't make you my friend. And, and, and y'all need to stop doing that. Making everybody your cousin. Making everybody your brother. Making everybody your mama. Making everybody your, You don't know these people. You don't know these people. You got to go through something with people to be sitting around talking about you done made them a play family member. 
We used to do it. I used to do it. You, you know what it's from? It's from not whatever you always making somebody is from what you feel deprived that you never had. Oh, Lord. You understand what I'm saying to you? He was more skilled in deceit. Deceit comes from the Latin word, you ready? For cheat. So when you deceive someone, you give them a false impression. You mislead them so as to get away with something bad. If a person speaks in a way that gives a false impression, we call the way he speaks deceptive. Amen? Now, if, if someone pretends to be someone else, that's an act of deceit. Like when a thief pretends to be a valet parking attendant and then he takes off with your car. So let's make it more personal. I didn't think you'd catch that one. Let's take it deeper. Like when a person pretends to care about you, pretends to love you, pretends to be that the one God has sent to you, so you give them the heart, your heart, and they take off with it. Huh. Now, let's deal with that real quickly. I'm, I'm trying to get out of here. Uh, let's deal with that real quickly because, see, you, you, they shouldn't be able to get off with your heart. The only way that they can run away with your heart is if you gave a part of your heart away that you was not supposed to. See, see, the problem is, is if you're going to be saved, uh, like we said in, in, in the Bible study Wednesday with the Apostle James, he said he was, you know, in your face type of apostle. He said, if you're going to be a Christian, be a real one. If you're going to be a Christian, don't be a fake one. Right. So so get this. You know, if, if you're going to be saved then be saved, even when the woo 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 moments. Even when the lights is low. And the music is soft. Still be saved. See, because here's what happens. Here's what we're doing. This is the reputation that we're giving Jesus. This is the reputation that we're giving the kingdom of God. We get into relationships. They don't work out. We get destroyed behind them. And then the people who are watching us go, so that's your God. No, that's not our God. That's our disobedience, and that's our consequence to the disobedience. But it ill represents God as, so that's your God. Now, we got a problem because people don't want to be saved. Watch this. And, and we done messed up relationship to the point now to where our young people just talk about, I don't want to get married. I don't want to get married. I'll just, I'll just shack up, live in sin, die in sin, go to hell because of an example that I was shown. You see what I'm saying to you? This, this thing is real, y'all. Listen. So, so, so you want to make sure that your heart never gets broke again? Keep his word. Keep his word. You, you want to make sure people don't get to play games with your mind? Keep his word. It, I promise you, the word wolf proofs you. The, 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 the word, the word, and, and let me tell you something. When you start keeping the word, you'll start seeing people get mad at you. <laughs> they get mad at you when you keep the word. Because, because they've been used to abusing you. They've been used to having a right to abuse you, a right to do you wrong, right to, 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 mis, to misuse you. You understand what I'm saying to you? And, 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 and so now all of a sudden you begin to bring the word up. Now they don't want you coming back to church. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is also liberty. There's freedom. See, and what we haven't learned is that many of us are in relational prisons. Relational prisons. Demonic relational prisons. And it doesn't just mean a woman with a man. It can be you just got the wrong best friend. You got the wrong play cousin. All right. Let's get in it. We're almost done. I want you to catch this. Satan used the craftiest living creature that the Lord God had ever created. Let's take it deeper. As you all know, in Lexington, the youth gun violence has been through the roof the last four or five years. Amen? And, and when I go to city meetings or when uh, people want to meet and talk about the violence, there's always a few things that are mentioned as reasons for the way, reasons for the way the youth is acting or behaving. And number one, it's always the parents' fault. 
Number two, it is the fact that daddy is in prison and they just duplicating what they see. Three, it's the music. That, that, that music that they listen to promotes gangs, violence, and drugs. It's, it's the video games, you know. These kids are playing, you know, it's the video games they're playing. Games like Grand Theft Auto and, and other shooting games that's desensitizing our children. You, you, know, you know, they're causing our kids not to feel. Hey, it's, it's the weed. It's the drugs that they own. I mean, you remember, that's what we say stuff like this. We say stuff like, you remember when we was young, we just smoked a little weed. We didn't bother nobody. But we, but we blame it on the drugs. And, and, and don't get me wrong, all of these things are playing a role, but they're playing the role of fruit, not the root. The music and the drugs are an issue, but it's not the issue. The issue is there is a battle going on in heavenly places and if you can't figure out how to deal with the heavenly realm, then you don't stand a chance in this earth realm. I, I, I like how someone defined spiritual warfare. They said, they said that spiritual warfare, warfare is conflict in the invisible realm that affects what you are going through in the visible realm. Conflict in the invisible realm that affects what you're going through in the visible realm. So every hell that you're dealing with right now, every issue and ism that you're dealing with right now, I promise you nine and a half times out of ten, the majority of the room is looking to the wrong source. If the battle is taking place in the heavenlies, then it seems to me that's where you should be taking your confrontation to the heavenlies. And, 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 and so you, you can blame the music, the drugs, the parents, the video games. Daddy was in prison. And, and to keep it real, as long as that is what you target, then you are just trying to fix the world. You're just trying to fix your world through your world. You understand? You just, and Satan sets back like, <laughs> it's just the weed, man. Long, long, long as y'all think it's just the drugs, you see. And so as you try to fix your world through your world, that will never work. The only way to see an end or a blow to the madness that we see out here in the world is to confront the root and the fruit. <laughs> see, every now and then you got to tell your demon, I see you. So every now and then you got to let what Satan is using against you, let it be known. Satan is using you and I see you. And I haven't figured out if you know yet, but, but you are being used by the enemy. Uh, so, so what you're going to do is you're going to stay away from me. Amen. Now, watch this. Hold on, because you, you clap now, but there's a part you ain't going to like. Now, once I get you away from me, I got to pray for you. Because I gotta, I gotta address the root. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get in the presence of God, and we gotta, we gotta deal with the the root of the situation. And so, and so, so now I've got to pray for you. I've got to fast for you. I've got. You, you understand what I'm saying to you? I, I, I'm not getting ready to cuss you out. I'm not gonna put my hands on you. I'm not getting ready. We're not gonna do that. We're not gonna shout back and forth. I am going to handle you in the heavenlies. See, and that's a hard thing for us because we've been operating from these five senses for so long that all we know is to react the way we react when certain wrong is done against us. But the reality is, you done made me so mad, I'm going to mess around and pray for you. Watch this. Not pray on you. Lord, you get them. No, no. You in sin with that. Lord, whatever it is that they're going through. Help them, Lord. I know I ain't done nothing to them, so, so whatever it is that they're going through, Lord, I ask that you, that you be what they need. You understand what I'm saying to you? A 16-year-old kid hangs out the window of a moving car and shoots and kills three people 
And we want to attribute, we want to, attribute it to the, the neighborhood that he grew up in. Or we blame it on his daddy wasn't around and his mother was on drugs. An old lady sits on her porch and literally cusses people out as they walk by. And, she, and we just chalk it up as she's old and has earned the right to be crazy. And as long as those are the positions we take when it comes to wrongdoing, then there will never be a need for the gospel. There will never be a need for the gospel to be preached, taught, and there will never be a reason for wit- people to witness about the gospel. You understand what I'm saying to you? As long as we keep making excuses other than there is a demonic realm that is in full operation, we will blame it on everything else. And guess what we won't do? Talk about Jesus. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. How many of you in here saved? Go ahead. This ain't no setup. I promise. Keep your hands up when you put them up. Amen. Uh-huh. And, we, and, 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 how many of you, and how many of you have won two people to Christ in the last year? Won two people to Christ in the last year. Witnessed and won them their salvation is. Because let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you what Juanita Bynum said. I, I'm not a fan, but I dig what she said. She said, if you've been into the kingdom, and she gave it a longer grace period. She said, five years, and you ain't brought three people to the kingdom, you are illegal in the kingdom. You're just saying you saved. Now, let me go ahead and bless you. This is going to throw some, this is why people don't like me. You can't be, I got to go with this. You can't get people where you're not. And the problem I got with, with, you know, people don't want all these many people to Christ is I ain't seen them. And it would only make sense that when you want them to Christ, right, you tell them about your church. And since you was the one that want them to Christ, the way it usually works is they follow you to where you guys are, to where you, you worship because you had the influence enough for them to get saved. Right? <laughs> where they at? See, just because you talk to somebody about Christ don't mean you want them to Christ. When, when you win them to Christ, everything changes about them. Oh, Lord. Well, they, 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 they had another church. Okay. Okay. As long as we keep making excuses for people, we ignore the depravity of sin. As long as we keep making excuses for people, we ignore the fact that they have sin issues, that there is a kingdom battle that's been waged against their lives, and we don't talk about Jesus. Oh, Lord. Because we don't believe or even consider that the real problem really is what it is, and that is it's evil. It is sin. It's an invisible force. Uh, from spiritual dark places, spiritually dark places, wreaking havoc on the visible realm. Al Pacino says in the movie, The Devil's Advocate, in which he plays Satan, and I quote, my greatest trick was convincing the world that I don't exist. He said, my greatest trick was convincing the world I don't exist. And when you think about it, hasn't he? Hasn't he convinced us that it's always something else other than just straight up evil? Huh? It's just the music. It's just the drugs. It's just the environment. It's Oh, and this is the worst one. It's just how God made me. No, no. There's a battle going on against you in the unseen that is affecting you in the scene. Does everybody understand what I'm trying to say? I want to be sure. I don't, I don't want anybody to walk away and say, I really don't like that church. He, he, he tries to go deep and he thinks he's deep. No, no, no. I want you to understand what I'm saying. It's very important that you get it because you keep on shadow boxing against an enemy that's not yours. You keep on cussing out people that's being used by the one that really hates you. You ever, you ever had somebody, you ever confront somebody and then they, they walk away like, I don't even know what they're going through. Guess why? They really don't know what you're going through. They, they wasn't playing. They, they, see, and here's the thing. There's some people that's used that don't know it. I don't, even, I don't know why they keep wilding out on me. You know, I, they not playing dumb. They really ignorant to the fact 
that they are being used by the enemy. And you can't let it go. Watch this. <laughs> Can I bet? Anytime that you, let me tell you something. Anytime that you can't let it go, that means that there is a spirit of conflict in you. Huh? When somebody tell you, I ain't, I ain't even do that. I, I, immediately as Christians, you should go, oh, I don't have a flesh and blood enemy in you. Satan is using you. And you should automatically have let it go and begin to pray for that person. Right? All right. I wanted to get out of here at the same time I did last week, but it ain't going to happen. Here we go. But we're almost done, I promise. So I'm going to say it again. There's a battle going on against you in the unseen that's affecting you in the seen. And until we start dealing with the demonic unseen realm, we will always be controlled by the be controlled by and focused on the car that would use to bring the warfare rather than the one that sent the car with the warfare. And here and here and, and here will be your first step toward remedying an, an issue. And let me just say this before I get into this and then we're out. I told someone very dear to me yesterday, I said, starve the hater and the drama will die. Starve the hater, the drama will die. Some of, some, some of you got haters because you feed it. Huh? Some, some of you need to stop feeding your haters, you know, responding. Every, everything don't merit a response. Some, some of your haters eat on, on, on response alone. And they're the reason that they're still able to be, and you're the reason that they're still able to be so strong in your life because you always got something you got to say against that. You know, if you ain't what they say about you, why are you worried about it? Huh? Do, do you know that that is a demonic distraction to stop you from building your part of the kingdom of God? Huh? Well, well let me put it like this. Uh, uh, what you don't feed can't live. What you don't feed can't live. Amen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, and we're done. Uh, six, uh, t- chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. We're going to do the New Living Translation, and then we're going to get out of here after uh, the message, all right? It says, uh, uh, verses 3 through 6, chapter 10, 2 Corinthians. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. Underscore that. You need that one. What's that mean? You don't get to cuss them out. You don't get to put your hands on them. You petty for calling CPS on them when you know they ain't got no problem with their children. You just being mean. Huh? We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We, are use, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. And I want to show you the effect of the stronghold in full effect. I need my, my people with your papers. Come on down. Come on down here real quick, please. If I, get, if I got you a paper, I need you to move expeditiously. Amen. Christy said, I handed it off. <laughs> Amen. Malaysia, come here, baby. Come down here. I'm going to use a teenager because a teenager is really, actually, to be honest with you, when you're a little younger, but the teenagers are dealing with it deeply. Have a seat, sweetheart. Ain't she beautiful? my baby girl come here right here in front of him come on Tracy you love me now we're gonna do this we're gonna we're gonna in fact everybody face that way except except Malaysia and Kevin you're gonna start off walking and you're gonna yell what you say once you yell it, I want you to follow him. You, you follow that way behind him. You follow Malaysia. And I want you to yell what you say, but you're yelling it at her. Now, don't, don't scream it in her ear, okay? But we want you to yell it, okay? I want to show you what a demonic stronghold is. Now, Kevin, go ahead. Loud. God does not love you. Keep it moving. Now, go. Start, start moving around. They will never forgive you. You have no right to be happy. You will always be in depression. Do it again, Kevin. God does not love you. Come on. You have no right to be happy. They will never forgive you. You will always be in depression. God does not love you. You have no right to be happy. They will never forgive you. You will always be in depression. God does not love you. You are not pretty. You have no right to be happy. They will never forgive you. You will always be in depression. God does not love you. You are overweight. You have no right to be happy. 
They will never forgive you. You will always be in depression. God does not love you. They are not really your friends. You have no right to be happy. They will never forgive you. You will always be in depression. God does not love you. Now, stop right there. How many of you have since say, I think I've been a victim to a stronghold? Yeah. Put your hands up your face. That's that's what it does. And when we were teenagers, see, we didn't know because they wasn't talking therapy and therapists and all of that type stuff. And, and you know, uh, uh, we, we just thought, you know, we was crazy. We, they, just, they told us we was just bad. But, but, but the stronghold was in full effect. And, and so I want to show you something. Every time Sonia come, 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 Sonia stand up. And y'all, y'all keep, do it again. And, and Sonia, Sonia's got the word. She's trying to she's trying to save Malaysia. So she's coming for Malaysia. And this is a stronghold. The stronghold battles away from anything positive speaking into the to the negative mind that it's going through. You understand what I'm saying to you? And until we get to the point to where we can say, I'm going to call on God, help can't come. So the people, that's right. And that's what it looks like. It don't look pretty. It don't look hee It's like, get up off of her. That's how it happens. Thank y'all. Thank you, baby. It's how, see, and I, she didn't even know she was going to be used in this. Malaysia didn't know she was going to be, I, what, the point that I'm making is that she, but she knows warfare. I'm playing with you. Give me my child back. Give me my marriage back. Give me my mind back. Give me my self-esteem back. We ain't walking around here talking about, can I, can I, can I, have my, can I not be depressed today? No, no, no. We're declaring and decreeing what time it is. Listen. Hold on. Let me just get through this. I want to get through this and I'm done. Five minutes. Uh, give, me, give me the second one. Me, no, no, let's do this one. Let's do this one. Uh, we... Are human, but we do not wage war. We read that one, right? Give me the uh, message, because this is one we're going to work from. Yeah, is that the one I sent you? Ample, yeah, it's the message. Give me the second one. There it is. And we're done. I want you to catch this. This is, this is very important for everyone to catch, because we are not coming up on Sundays just to say that we came, and just so we can say that we had a good time. Leader. Leader. The world is unprincipled. It's dog-eat-dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. So why was she going to come ask if she can have the mind back? It doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have, never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation. But they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. Oh, Lord. Is there some more to that? I'm trying to remember. I couldn't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. We use our powerful God tools. Somebody say God's tools is powerful. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies. Uh-huh. Let me just go and tell you what warped is. Uh, uh, come here, McCora. Come on, expeditiously. Don't, don't, don't fall over. I'm going to my insurance. Uh, oh, come here. Say, first lady, you pretty. Say, girl, you pretty. First lady, you pretty. McCora, you pretty. Come on. No, sir. Warped philosophies. She was meant for Kenny and she was meant for me. (laughs) There is not to be Adam and Steve. It is only Adam and Eve. And anything else is warped. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, here's another one. You see McCora? Yeah. She be dressing in church, don't she? Yeah. You think we can get her and Kenny to come on through one night? Warped, Warped. philosophy. Warped. 
And for those of you running here talking about, we just need a little spice in it. You need to go get saved. Go ahead and have a seat. Huh? Warp philosophies. Tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God. You ain't got to go to church on Sunday. Y'all messing around with that white man's Jesus. Well, if the gospel is the white man's, who gave it to him? <laughs> Whole lot of credit for people you don't like. Erected against the truth of God. Fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into a structure of, of life shaped by Christ. So, so you know how we got loose rap? That means talk that ain't really talking about nothing. We got loose thoughts, too. They'll have you in some of the craziest of things. You understand what I'm saying to you? You got, you got loose thoughts. Oh, God. Let me, get, let me just finish. And so our tools, you ready, are ready at hand for clearing the ground for every obstruction and building lives of obedience and maturity. In other words, we use the word of God. We use the ways of God. And we're not, we don't, we don't, he don't need our help. We don't incorporate a little of us and the word. We just incorporate the word. You understand what I'm saying to you? Go, go, go back to the beginning. We're done. Yeah, give, give me the New Living Translation. If you knew that you, from the illustration that you dealt with a stronghold, then I'm banking that you might still be. The reason that I'm banking that you can still be dealing with a stronghold is because, because a part of discernment is me being able to gauge the temperature when I walk in the room. When, when the praise team is singing and you just can't get into it, it's because something has your mind on lock. Hallelujah. You have won the victory. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. If he, if, if, if he won it for you, if he won it just for me, if he won it for you, why are you still depressed? If he won it for you, why are you still broken? If he won it for you, why are you still hurt? If he won it for you, why are you still, you understand what I'm saying to you? Stronghold, 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 stronghold. So what do we do? We begin to deal with these strongholds. Stop coming to church but not getting healed. You understand what I'm saying to you? Now, this ain't no abracadabra, kabuki, spooky, any of that. What do we do? We begin to apply the word of God to our lives. I believe that I'm dealing with a stronghold. So hold on. So what I'm going to do, because I'm not really a Bible reader, I don't really understand the Bible like, like, I, should, like I need to. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to grab one of the leaders who are always saying, call me. I'm going to grab one. And it ain't got to just be the pastor. You understand what I'm saying to you? Uh, a song you can teach you the Bible. Miriam can teach you the Bible. Sherry can teach you the Bible. Larissa can teach you the Bible. You understand what I'm saying to you? It's not just, it's not just me. In fact, when you think it's just me, you got another stronghold. You got another problem because you've put me in a position that I don't want and don't deserve. So I deal with my stronghold by saying, Sonia, I need some help. Kevin, I need some help. I don't want to stay like this. Because what happens is, Satan goes, as long as I got you in the stronghold, keep going to church. Because that's how I make sure you'll stop going to church. Because once I, show, once I make you feel like it will never work, once I show you it working for everybody else, guess what? And most times, he's just showing you that it ain't really true. Because it's a whole house full of strongholds in full effect. And if you're, if you're operating in a stronghold, then you're not free. You're not free. And that's why you're not experiencing the joy of your grandbaby. That's why you're not experiencing the joy of, 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 of worship and, and of things that should be making you smile all the time. It's because, it's because you're dealing with, you know, I was playing with my grandson the other day, and, and, and I was just, I was just Jordan, I was just holding him, and I was just, you're so beautiful. And I realized that I was enjoying 
how beautiful he was. I was enjoying it. But there was times in my life when I would hold my son and, 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 and you know, before I started hustling and all of that, and I, didn't, I wasn't dealing with strongholds, and, and, and I would say, oh, you're, so, you're so beautiful. I love my son. I love my son. And then when I got into the game, strongholds began to develop in my life, and all of a sudden, I didn't have the same joy with him. My love had never diminished, but the joy, I wasn't able to have joy anymore. Some of you are trying to figure out, why am I so sad all the time? Why? I mean, you know, everything really ain't all that bad, but I just ain't really feeling it like that. It's because there is a stronghold that is stopping you from experiencing true happiness. And you're responsible. You're responsible. You're responsible for, for getting it together because you got young people that need you to. You're responsible, first of all, because God did not bring you here for you to, to suffer. I read in John 10, 10, he comes to give you abundant life. So, so you're responsible now for coming up against your stronghold. You're responsible now, whether you be teenager, whether you be adult, you are responsible now for saying, I need some help in this situation. Will you help me? Let me show you how the stronghold works. Ran into a brother yesterday, and I said to him, he, I was coming out of the barbershop, and because some things had went on, I decided that I wasn't speaking to him no more until you respect the house. He wasn't coming up against me, but it was just disrespectful how he was coming, period. I said, until you respect my office, we've got nothing else to talk about. And I didn't say anything to this guy for like two weeks. I walk out of the barbershop, and, and, and I run right into him, and he says, Pastor, I'm sorry. Pastor, I was dead wrong. Pastor, please forgive me. And I said, listen, you need to be held accountable. You've got some things going on in your life that is going to kill you, but in the process of killing you, while on the road to killing you, you're going to kill everything in your way. I said, I said, come, come to church. Let me put you in this, in this group me chat with our men. Our men, you, the men know, I sat back. I wrote you and said, listen, I didn't let him on the page yet because I wanted to tell y'all about him. And, and we got this situation going on with this guy, and he's going to lose everything. And I said, promise me. He's in tears outside the barber. And I said, promise me I'm going to see you tomorrow. He hugs me. I promise, Pastor. He's not here today because the stronghold. And if I check in, it was probably a night of hell because of the stronghold. Because Satan would rather see you die. Satan would rather see your children never respect you because of the things that you've been through than to ever let you get some type of light in your life to bring you out of the hell that you're walking in. You better stop playing with this. This is real. Hell is hot. Satan is serious.